Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Chasing Creativity. I'm Kiran Mandral, your host. Today, my guest is a dear friend and the head of transformation, global health and well-being at Unilever, Sunita Wazir. Welcome to Chasing Creativity, Sunita. Thanks for having me, Kiran. It's so much fun always talking to you, so I'm looking forward to it. Tell me, Sunita, the title, your job title. I'm going to read it out. Head of Transformation, Global Health and Well-Being at Unilever. It's a very interesting title. What does it entail? <laughs> Lovely question, Kiran. Um, and it's, you know, it's interesting. I think I started this role this year. Uh, but if essentially, the um, purpose of my role or what I do is making sure people feel comfortable doing what they do at the workplace. They have the support, the resources that they need to manage their mental, physical, emotional and purposeful health and well-being. Uh, so essentially, one of the things I get to do is help people become the best version of themselves, which is, you know, what makes me thrive. How wonderful. And that's a huge mandate because how do you get into the minds of people? How do you make them the best versions of themselves? How do you help them thrive? Each one comes with a different set of challenges and such a huge, huge employee base. Exactly. So we are very global, right? We started, uh, when I started working, I first handled um, the work around well-being and particularly with focus on mental health within South Asia. Um, over these years, I've transitioned to doing this globally. And the one thing I've realized is, you know, it's inextricably linked. The way you feel in your mind and the way your body responds to that, it's just so closely linked um, that when we try to have solutions, for example, for physical health, which are separate or individual solutions, they're never going to make all that impact mm -hmm. because if your mind isn't feeling good. So let me give you a real example. If your back is hurting, uh, you're not going to be in a state of flow and you're not going to write your best words, you know, in your creative space. Equally, when you are feeling really, really lots of negative thinking, the spiraling thoughts in your mind, you're going to feel some physical reaction to it. So it's all so closely linked that one of the things we need to do as workplaces, and we are recognizing this increasingly, this uh, pandemic gave us a gift, right? It was mm. gift wrapped that we started to care about people's health and well-being at the workplace. Um, we jumped at the opportunity and now we come out with programs and support systems at the workplace, really owning up that caring for our people's health and well-being is a core responsibility as businesses. That's so wonderful to hear, Sunita. At the workplace, mindfulness has recently become such an important topic for such an important area of focus. Could you tell us more about this and what it means to be mindful at the workspace? Sure. But let me first, before I start with the workplace, let me start with myself, right? Absolutely. Um, as a professional, you know, I've been about 26, 27 years in the workplace. And as you transition through different phases of your career, you know, all the other elements of diversity, inclusion aside, woman, uh, Asian origin, working in a global world, all of those, right? Eventually, there comes a time when you take on too much and there's, you know, clutter, there's distraction, there is uh, lots of need to manage different elements of your personal and professional life. And we know work-life balance is gone. As you start to blend all of this, as you bring it all together, I found that uh, especially going into these really long work hours, which was inevitable during the pandemic, I just I was starting to work on multiple programs. There was one on mental health support, peer support at the workplace. I was working on something that was great for energy uh, because, you know, we talk about energy as a. Uh, something that's very physical, but there's also energy that a team brings together at the workplace. And I was developing all these multiple programs, but I was starting to feel very drained, very pulled in different directions. Now, what is it that can make you as an employee 
feel out of your depth it could be things like not having enough knowledge or skills for the work you're doing it could be having too many things going on it could be all the distractions that we come across and the same technology that enables our work lives can also become a huge deterrent because now we're used to instant gratification responses mm-hmm. uh, the brain is actually wired quite simply it sees every uh, sort of stimulus in the same way right it sees when you start to feel fear it sees that as a threat and what we saw during covid was a huge unwinding of repeated threats people were starting to feel fear fear coming you know it was fear was almost everywhere and that's when a lot of people started to find their mental health deteriorating mm-hmm. now mindfulness is in itself as in in itself just a way of exactly what it says mindful having your mindful of the thing you're doing keeping your focus on the one thing that you're doing so that is removing distraction eliminating negative thinking and all of that um, that goes with it all that complexity so mindfulness at the workplace is something that we started to introduce within our workplace and i benefited so much from it one is of course the reading that goes with it i know you love that because <laughs> reading is something that you know always grows the mind uh, lots of reading but it's the practice of being fully in what you are doing and being in a state of flow obviously that's also very self explanatory so how do you do it you breathe since you mentioned reading i'm sure our listeners would like to have some recommendations any books you could recommend at this point i think the one book that i can tell everybody it's on my introduction page as well it's silence by thiknathan uh that book was actually my journey uh, my journey with mindfulness started with that book and um i learned this whole new world of things that helped me slow down myself so definitely a book i would recommend there are hundreds of books but that one got my heart okay so listen to that go and get it and order it and find it in a bookstore wherever and do get it read it you know sunita in the past uh, few years mindfulness at the workspace mental health has become really important and this is all post pandemic you've been in this space for over two and a half decades now why do you think mindfulness mental health is important a b how does it impact innovation and creative thinking so the importance of mindfulness is one of the things that you know so i'll go back to the creativity bit later but this whole complexity that we have of our inner critic imposter syndrome whatever you call it right my work takes me speaking to youngsters you know very young students and all the way to senior leaders and the coaching work that i do with them the mentoring work i do with young women leaders what i find is we're very harsh on ourselves mm-hmm. we all somewhere lack self compassion there's this inner critic that's always holding us back i hear you <laughs> we all do um, and it's you know it's roaring it's like this tiger that's roaring in our brain and uh, the fear that we feel the inadequacy that we feel all of these hold us back like i was saying earlier you know sometimes there is the lack of knowledge or lack of uh, skills which you can learn right you can build knowledge you can learn skills but when you feel that you have too many things coming at you then you start to lose focus and what you end up doing is you get distracted the brain takes 15 minutes to come back to a state of flow and what eventually happens is work piles up and when it piles up that leads to higher pressure uh, mental stress and then you start to sort of going down a spiral many of us experience it uh, it eventually leads to things like burnout in the worst case when the inadequacy inadequacy increases i think there are situations where we see even very young people resorting to losing hope suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and there are so many outcomes that are primarily based on the conversation we are having with ourselves i'm not saying 
that's all in itself but these are the worst case scenarios that i'm outlining so is mindfulness this miracle cure no absolutely not but what it is is finding the ability to focus to prioritize to remove distraction at the simplest is to reduce distraction um and you know again i'm not trying to trivialize um, any other things that people do but the reality is that the more we grapple with complex roles with different demands with global environments geographic demographic diversity we're not talking about like 5 6 7 multiple workforce uh, generations in the workforce all of these lead to shifting workplace dynamics when you're able to manage yourself your mm-hmm. inner dialogue you're able to manage all this change the agility you need the thinking you need which brings me to the second part when you're able to manage yourself you can manage work and you can manage the outside world so how is innovation and creativity born right how do you nurture it how does it come alive i think essentially it's about feeling first of all that you're safe you know mm-hmm. you can come up with ideas your voice matters uh, it's a lot of psychological safety at play here and that is again so strongly linked to things like how you're able to breathe through difficult situations how do you deal with crises how do you feel supported how do you feel like your voice matters um so essentially to be able to open up with new ideas to break barriers to you know come up with uh, great ways to do things to listen to different voices you need to be able to manage yourself manage your own thinking manage your own creativity manage your own confidence levels and that to a large extent comes from staying in flow staying focused lovely a lot of people feel that they're not creative you just said i don't think of myself as a creative person yeah, but you just sang a sh- uh, shloka in sanskrit and uh, obviously i think there is some reservoir of creativity within you also which you have not tapped would you think that's true of everyone a hundred percent kiran i think we are socially conditioned you know when we go to school and then we make our first drawing mm-hmm. uh, and the teacher looks at us and says no no that's not good enough we start defining ourselves by those definitions we start believing that to be the truth somebody else's impression of us starts to become the truth um yeah i actually thought kiran's calling me to talk about chasing creativity what am i going to say so and a lot of <laughs> inner thinking like what am i going to share but yeah ultimately the work i do it's about behavior change it's about helping people move from the mindset of control and holding themselves back to unleashing you know the inner uh, sort of ability the capability and there is a lot of creativity in that to repeat a message around caring for yourself taking care of your health and well-being uh, i'm a diversity and inclusion enthusiast i'm someone that has always wanted to be the voice for people with disabilities for uh, the proud community and there's just so much i want to do that i think is you know world changing and that can't be done with the uh, lack of creativity so i stand corrected kiran thank you for having me here <laughs> i have had a self discovery i now know that there is creativity in me and there is creativity in everyone um and we are all tapping into it in different ways it's just not the defined way that we learn in early childhood so it's a social conditioning and also what um, media tells you you know media shows creative people very differently wearing different clothes channeling creativity differently but at the workplace you do need to tap into creativity so much to move with changing times as you just mentioned media shows creativity in a very different way and popular culture shows your tortured artist or your ill behaved artist or your artist who is constantly high on either alcohol or forbidden substances that doesn't work in the workplace does it 
absolutely not and you know the whole narrative of uh staying up you know for 14 days and getting your creative genius out and all of that no we absolutely advocate enough sleep we advocate lots and lots of um uh, you know stimulating conversations learning if you don't learn you can't keep growing uh but yeah we also don't i don't think any of us in the corporate world subscribe to the staying hungry staying foolish you know that philosophy <laughs> of uh looking impoverished and wearing uh you know unshaven and wearing uh, clothes like that i think that that's a, exactly media's portrayal and uh, creative people can also be uh, you know like you fantastic looking and well dressed and groomed and everything and i love that it's a, it's a, you set a great role model there thank you thank you so much sunita but uh, that leads me to another thing that you know uh, the creative people are erratic they're moody they're indisciplined but uh, i would say that creativity does involve a lot of discipline would you agree a hundred percent because uh let me just take the example of habit change and behavior change in the in the sort of mental health health and well-being space i think we need to have repeat communication we need to have messaging that's consistent that goes on and on reassuring people building their confidence that you know it's okay to not be okay it's okay to speak up to seek support um uh, and for that i think you have to have a sense of rigor you have to be able to assess whether this is going to have the desired impact you need to be able to validate this information we often use you know in the corporate world we use you know especially in the human resources space we use a lot of piloting of things because we want to see how others are reacting it can't be you know bunch of few of our room thinking this is what the rest of the world needs and we go ahead and build programs and create them so for that it's really important that we identify what are the things that people really want what they care about have repeat messaging come up with ideas that will appeal to a broad section of the workforce uh and for that yeah you absolutely need a plan you need to have the right environment sometimes workspaces uh creative ideation does not happen you know just um, always sitting at a desk i think we know the outdoors matter we know uh what stimulates you what gives you energy so when you're conscious of that you're able to tap into your energy uh for me that's you know largely related to my running ah, i lovely. you know i love to, I wanted to um, bring that up so in fact yeah when i articulated my corporate uh, you know in the corporate world when i articulated my purpose one of the things that came out is how closely my work and life are related we all know that but for me my purpose statement turned out to be enabling joy to help others achieve their finish line So what's the finish line? It's a metaphor for helping people achieve their fullest at the workplace. Uh but enabling joy is equally important to me. I don't like to be in morose, you know, tough situations. I like to help people navigate out of them. I know that that's a reality, but I enjoy seeing that, you know, energy that people feel when they're achieving what they think is impossible. Uh and therefore, you know, that's also something creative. I didn't ever realize that it was connected to who I am at a very core level. It eventually comes out in that way, but uh when you're able to tap into that, that's when you get into that state of flow repeatedly and you can come up with new ideas. So that discipline gets formed when you're drawn to it. Uh I'm going to give you one more book recommendation very quickly. Of course. Atomic Habits, James okay, Clear, James right? Clear. Um that was one of the things I think that so simply tells you about how you know when you want to achieve something, don't keep saying I want to lose weight or I want to run a marathon. Get up and do it, right? The way to run is to run. The way to get fitter and eat right uh is to get fitter and eat right. Start doing it, right? learn by doing so we need to teach people to learn by doing that's where ultimately you adopt the change and then you become that version of yourself that you want to be 
Tell me, how did your running journey start? It's you know, it's an interesting thing. It's so much a part of me today, but I can't believe that thirteen years ago it wasn't even something I could. even imagine i would do so it was very simple we had had our second child i was on a career break um i was getting up in the morning sending my daughter to school husband was leaving for work and then i was eating a bag of chips oh lovely so i realized there was something not quite working <laughs> here uh, i was missing the stimulation of going to work talking to people and that's when uh, early jan i think uh, i ran a dream run uh, dream run is you know you just dream about running in the mumbai marathon because there are 45000 people on the road uh, then i made a decision i'm going to run a marathon and started running half marathons and 13 and a half years later it's keeping me sane it's keeping me energized it's giving me happy and uh, i love it i you know i have a concept of run it forward excite other people to start running and i've in, you know got a lot of people to embrace running and uh, that gives me joy as well so literally making them cross the finish line really <laughs> you make it sound so simple but i'm sure it's been a tough journey to get here and i know you've done many many interesting marathons so can you tell us a bit about some of the interesting ones i think the nicest and the hardest is always the one that seems most intimidating uh, so i've been running on flat roads within the city of mumbai in the humidity and that's a challenge in itself right waking up at 4:35 every day putting on your shoes getting out of the door in the heat in the rain and every kind of weather uh, you know like november and december <clears throat> go in a blink where you get good weather the rest of the year it's horrible humid bad for the hair bad for the skin and all of that but last year I started the year with wanting to do something different and uh, signed up for the Ladakh half marathon which according to me seemed like something that was impossible. First of all I'd never been to high altitudes, never tried to run there and you know not done something like that. So I eventually trained in the you know lanes and by lanes of Mumbai and by the waterfront and then landed up um, a week before the Ladakh marathon up on this altitude of uh, 11,500 feet and spent the week acclimatizing and that was perhaps the most beautiful most amazing run ever first of all because the silence there and the beauty was just all encompassing but the human mind is also pretty amazing you adapt so quickly as your body does and uh, one of the most enjoyable most challenging runs that i would recommend to anybody and helped me break a lot of inhibitions but i think also fundamentally changed my impression of myself uh, i started you know believing that i can do anything i put my mind to which you know you always need to reaffirm at different stages of life I'm so glad you said that because I think uh, especially for women not that this is a women centric podcast I think we need to keep telling ourselves that that you can do anything you set your mind to and break your misconceptions that you have about yourself. Sunita so you spoke about running outdoors and you also mentioned about the outdoors being a very important part for stimulating the brain. Can you tell us more about this? I know the Japanese have this concept of forest bathing but at the workplace do you, how important is environment and taking people out of things to get some sort of you know boost yeah, i i love that question kiran because you know one of the things we are seeing now is hybrid working which is all these modern words right hybrid agile and all of that what do they lead to they lead to better opportunities for people to be who they are and work the way they want to um i'm a big proponent of hybrid working because simply what hybrid hybrid does working does is it gives you the opportunity to work from where you want to where you can uh, while you're managing your work life right that's that's an essential part of how we cope with the different demands we have in our lives uh 
what's the importance of open spaces green spaces um i take myself back to a year ago when i was at ladakh last september and you know that stark landscape below uh, you know it's it's above tree line so it's you know very bare and not a lot of greenery not a lot to see but it's absolutely the most beautiful place in the world because you can hear your heartbeat you can see the air it's all very clear and beautiful i think my best thinking and the epiphanies i wanted to have in life it's not like they happened there but they're all connected to that open space um yesterday for example long weekend you know it's it's a holiday here in mumbai and a uh, lot of people head head to the hills and we were looking at all the greenery but when you are able to see that greenery with you know keeping your mind open it can actually unlock a lot of the blockages that you have in your mind so working out of an office in a cubicle the typical you know dilbert image of hmm. grey room evil hr director all of those are the you need to break right <laughs> um, but the reality is that when people are working where they want to in a way they want to and i think gen z is teaching us that right they're, hmm. they're just not interested in sticking to our age old norms and log in log out culture you know tap in tap out and all of that because they are connected in the way they want to be the way they choose to be so lots for us to learn uh but nature openness greenery air it's known to provide you you know the, the stimulus the excitement the energy the breath of clean air to uh, feel better and think better uh, for some people it might be the thing best on their laptop in a powerpoint in a green room but for others having that visual stimulation is really critical so i think it's about enabling workplaces where everyone can have what they want so i think all of us are designing modern workplaces where there is opportunity to have the outdoors spaces to relax spaces to unwind maybe even spend time you know just doing things outside of the pursuit of work because we tend to spend so much of our mind space in the workspace very very interesting and important sunita for anyone who is experiencing a mental block what would you recommend they do i actually have a very secret tip that i want to share which is not going to be so secret after this yeah no <laughs> just breathe that is actually the most important ingredient that you have right athletes um, armed forces around the world you know they have one magic trick that they use to help themselves when they are facing that last ball that uh, uh, you know fight that's going on that the war situation or wherever they are the thing that they resort to is breathing and one of the techniques i learned and that i teach people is uh, in the space of mindfulness it's called box breathing Mhm so there are many things you can do remove yourself from the workplace roll your neck do exercises many many different things but i think the one thing that can really help you in tough blocked the wall kind of situations is focusing a little bit on your breath um, and the book i was alluding to uh, tiknath han's book it's simple when you bring your attention to your in breath mm-hmm. just being in it fully and enjoying it and holding your breath for a few seconds releasing your breath that's actually where i find a lot of unlock happens so if you're about to do something important at the workplace you're about to have a powerpoint presentation to the top leaders to win the best business to a customer to a consumer whatever it is you're doing just take a few moments 3 to 5 rounds of deep in and out breaths if you can do 1 2 3 4 hold 2 3 4 out 2 3 4 hold 2 3 4 just that that's a box so 4 4 4 mm-hmm. seconds 
it can actually change your perception of what's going on around you and it can become that magical unlock so try it all of you should try it um it is something that i found has helped me really center and focus myself that's a lovely lovely tip i'm going to try it for sure just a quick checklist from you as to five things people could do to stay excited about getting into work every day especially on a monday morning So Kiran I love Monday morning. So I find it really hard, you know, when people say oh I hate Mondays on Sundays I'm feeling low and depressed. I absolutely love Mondays and I think it's connected to how connected I am to the work that I do. Right? If you find your purpose and if you're able to do something that pays you but also gives you joy, that's fantastic. So the first thing is find your purpose. Okay. Simple tip, right? Know right. what you love, do what you love and uh, you know, purpose rewards impact and uh, impact actually drives your purpose. So it's it's such a beautiful relationship. So first, find your purpose. Second, understand your own body. Understand what gives you energy and what drains it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are morning people and then there are night people. And if you are not a morning people, then you just you know find ways to cope with doing simpler things in the morning. Don't have the most important meeting first thing in the morning if you are not a morning person. So work with your body clock. Mm-hmm. The third is have a habit that gets your heart rate up. Okay. Right? For me, like I've said, running is the habit that keeps me going. But whatever it is that gives you joy, starting early, having a cup of tea or coffee in the morning, whatever brings you to a space of some quiet reflection time will be great. The fourth is don't take things so seriously at work that you think that that's the end of the world right i mean we are all most of us are in jobs where we are not life saving god help thank you to the communities that save us and keep our lives running but for a lot of us that aren't in those roles there are no uh, disaster endings and there are no fairy fairy tales right at the workplace look at the work you're doing and believe in yourself and have perspective it's okay if things go wrong you can you know you can revive you can get out of it And lastly I think one of the most important things is take breaks. Remember to take time away from what you're doing. If you don't take time away, then yes, Monday is going to be a drudgery. But if you're constantly in that drill of 14 hour days, you're not getting up, you're not moving your circulation is not getting moving, you're not having a drink, you're just sitting there and I mean drink like water or juice, things that keep I'm you going. I'm glad you specified. I specified. <laughs> uh, so have habits that keep you engaged keep you excited i think all in all uh, for many of us uh, how we do work is controlled very often by someone else so that whole idea of control controlling the things that you can mm-hmm. and letting go the ones that you can't i think that's a beautiful way to prepare yourself for your work day and you'll find uh, you know the joy and the energy in monday as much as you like friday evenings that was so wonderful I love the point about taking a break because we've been so conditioned to work continuously and you know slave over something until we get it done. Thank you so much Sunita for taking time out for this. It was a wonderful conversation and I look forward to uh, listening to you on your shloka the on the raga that you just recorded. <laughs> thanks Kiran. Thank you and thanks for having me. My pleasure. And with that that is a wrap on this episode of Chasing Creativity this is Kiran Manral I was chatting with Sunita Wazir do catch us on Binge Pod Spotify Apple Podcasts wherever you get your audio content bye